Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emob podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Joe Tillery. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And I don't know where you're living at. I don't know whereabouts anybody's at here listening to the pod. But I tell you what, guys, I'm boots on the ground here in Kansas City, Prairie Village area. It is 55 degrees and sunny out. Guys, it is almost December. It is Wednesday the 29th at the time we're recording. It is 55 degrees. And it's not that cold going into winter, 55 degrees. This feels like the we saw the light. We're coming out on the other side better. It's going to be warm, good months ahead. Will that be true? More than likely not. I would expect December to snow and be cold, but I tell you what, it is a beautiful sign nonetheless, and I appreciate to have it in my arms, in my hands, on the sidewalk, in the air, on the ground. It's a great day to talk about Kansas State sports, similar to every day. Today, nonetheless, we've got some good topics to discuss on K-State basketball, K-State football, transfer portal updates, as well as some different things happening around the program. But before I do get into all of that, let me remind you, if you're looking to support us, if you're looking to help out here with HCS, go ahead and consider leaving a five-star rating review on the podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, you know, any other platform that you stream podcasts on, go ahead and leave a rating because it does help us out. It helps us get a little bit figured out in the algorithm, which I know absolutely nothing about, but I do know that your feedback is appreciated. If you want some swag out of it for yourself, I get it. That's how things work. You know, it's a, it's a push and pull area that we live in. If you want something for yourself, take a screenshot of that of that review. Send it over to Pete Mundo, first name Pete, last name Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Send it his way and you will get a free koozie sent back directly to you and yours. Now, guys, let's talk some beautiful basketball. What a game, what a day, what a everything. Just kidding. Let's talk about the flip side, the disappointing departures that we've watched in the transfer portal. Let me say this, guys. The disappointing part about college football is the understanding that NIL dominates a lot of why players leave. Is that the case in Kansas State-specific pocket? No. But based on the five guys you see leave, six guys you see leave that are, you know, really dudes that, I don't know, not that I didn't expect to see some dudes leave, but like, a guy like Will Lee takes the cake for a most surprising move. I would argue, and I know there's been a lot talking about it, so I'm not taking credit for this idea, but I would argue that Will Lee probably had his mind made up before the Iowa State game, and that's why you saw some of the questionable effort plays from him, like shoving Avu Sama forward on that one of those long 70-yard touchdown runs. Rather than tackling him, you know, try not to get injured, save him, you know, whatever, it's cold, we're not going to go to the ground, something along those lines. And then you see him get benched. And then you see Kobe McAllister come in the game. I didn't think much of it at the time. Now looking back, you see a little bit like, wouldn't Will Lee, who has made up his mind, already be like, well, I don't need to go full, you know, I don't need to go all out here. I don't want to get myself hurt in the snow, it's cold, I'm already, you know, not operating at 100% most likely. I'm just here to finish the game out, and then I'll go to the portal. Coach Kleiman benching him means something. And not just like, oh, haha, this is discipline. We're teaching you a lesson. It means, hey, if you're not going to give me effort, I expect more out of you. If I'm not getting that out of you, then I don't need you on the field right now. That's the reality. Outside of Will Lee, you see a guy like Will Howard at the portal, who's going to become a really, really solid quarterback for somebody else. They're getting a great dude, a great quarterback. There's not enough good things that I could say about Will Howard. What I do know is this. When a player hits the portal and becomes the top player available in the transfer portal as a quarterback, that speaks volumes about the development that you have had as a program. I mean, when that skinny kid from Pennsylvania got on the field in Will Howard, like this wasn't an all big 12 quarterback. This wasn't a, you know, all all big 12 second team type quarterback. Will Howard is that dude. He turned into that dude. He developed into that guy. He came to K-State for Chris Kleiman specifically to work with Kansas State to develop, to become the quarterback that he knew he could. 
K-State taught the dude to be be a man. That's his, you know, his words. I don't want to just put that out there. Will Howard basically talked about how this place turned me into the man I can be. He now has an opportunity to go somewhere for one final season of eligibility. Early, you know, early thoughts would think like Penn State or, you know, something in that area closer to home. I could be wrong. He might just go to the biggest brand that's available, which it sounds like teams like Washington are, invo- you know, involved in the Will Howard sweepstakes. Teams like South Carolina, teams looking for new quarterbacks, Kentucky, Duke. There's a couple of different teams that are looking into him. I heard rumblings of Mizzou. I doubt that. But nonetheless, Will Howard's the top player available. When your star quarterback hits the portal, everybody says this. Well, what's happening in Manhattan? Why couldn't you have kept Will Howard? Well, guys, we have Avery Johnson. It is the Avery Johnson era at Kansas State. And I'm not going to sit here and dunk on Will Howard for being XYZ thing or whatever, you know, whatever people would normally say in this situation. I'm just going to say that I definitely see the staff reaffirming their commitment to Avery Johnson on a daily basis. In this case, when you see five guys hit the transfer portal on the same day, you saw Will Howard, Treshawn Ward, you saw Adrian Lara, you saw Jake Rubley, and the other player you saw was Shane Porter. Shane Porter, a bit of a shock in that day, but you saw those five guys hit the portal in day one. Obviously, it's not even open yet. Monday officially opens it, but you see five guys make a decision like that immediately. I would expect Chris Kleiman either put out a roster ahead of the bowl game and said, you know what? We're going to start playing young guys. If your name's not on this list, come see me, come talk to me. And then you have that conversation of, well, what's your plans? Are you going to the NFL? Are you going to try to make that case? Are you going to go somewhere else? Are you going to talk about the future here at Kansas State? What is best for you? What's best for the team? And go from there. In the situation with Will Howard, K-State ends up seeing Will Howard walk. But it's not some, you know, angry moment. It's not some energizing, like, Will Howard saying, well, I'm done with this university. This place sucks. They turned their... That's not the case. Will Howard is going to be a Wildcat forever. And he has an opportunity to go somewhere else and really become an NFL quarterback. Like, when you're one of the best passers in the Big 12, you're already an NFL quarterback. But I'll tell you this, with the absolute loaded class in 2024, Will Howard would be a fool not to wait till 2025. 100%. Will can go from a pick like a, what, a six-round, fifth-round flyer on a guy like Will Howard in 2024 to a second-round pick in 2025. You know, you can really develop that. I mean, say he goes to Washington, has a Washington-style season, gets to the, you know, 11-1, 12-0 mark. I mean, Will Howard could be that dude in the NFL draft. 100%. His size, his ability, you know, his physicality, his decision-making, all of that can be churned into an NFL quarterback. Seeing Will Howard leave hurts in the sense that you don't want to see your guy wearing different colors, but it is truly what is best for Will Howard and it's truly best what's best for Kansas State. I want to give a shout-out to my boss, Pete, for talking about this on the podcast. He also mentioned, like, the amount of NIL money Kansas State would have had to throw at Will Howard to stay would have been astronomical. I mean, Matt Rule made a comment talking about it saying that a good quarterback in the transfer portal will cost you $1.5 to $2 million of NIL deals. Will Howard, go get your bag, dude. Go get your money, man. If Matt Rule is going to throw $2 million at you, go be a a cornhusker, man. Do what you're going to do. But I think it's important to note that Will Howard has an opportunity to become a better quarterback while Kansas State also has an opportunity to really pick up the pace with Avery Johnson. I mean, think about this. This is similar to the Alex Smith-Patrick Mahomes conversation. And I don't mean to say that to compare Avery Johnson to Pat and say he's got that ability or he's got the... All I'm saying is that there's too good of a player behind you to keep somebody else there. If you bring Will Howard back, you risk losing Avery Johnson. K-State wasn't willing to make that chance. They're going to Avery for the foreseeable future because this guy has legit Heisman potential. Not that Will doesn't, but Avery is a dude that's going to bring this team into the future. So you look around and you say, well, what needs to happen? I mean, Will Howard wants to get the NFL... Clearly this season, he, you know, he'd be up and down at Kansas State mixed with Avery Johnson. That's not good for either player's development. He hits the portal. Treshawn Ward, I think you look at and you say, well, dang, because you think about what could have been. But here's the thing. 
Treshawn was unlucky in the sense that DJ Giddens blew up. I mean, DJ, I think everybody collectively kind of expected this dude to be a really, really good player. Treshawn Ward, I assume, probably thought he'd be the feature back in K-State's offense. It just didn't work out that way. I mean, he had some good sparks, he had some good plays, and I don't know that he was ever truly utilized in the manner that I expected him to be. But with DJ Giddens becoming that good of a player, you can't really risk keeping DJ off the field for more than two snaps at a time. I mean, even keeping him out of the game for a drive is, is a questionable offense. So Treshawn Ward hits the portal looking for one last season with somebody else. Outside of that, I mean, you're not losing anybody that has contributed a ton of minutes based on, uh, you know, the quarterbacks that hit the portal as well as a couple other guys. Obviously, Will Lee is a big piece, and you're going to have to address that cornerback position. You need a veteran guy, a veteran playmaker, not just a Juco guy or not just a young guy, a guy that has played a lot of college football. I'm not saying he has to be an Ohio State product or an Alabama product or a, you know, Michigan product that hits the portal. I'm just saying I need a guy who's seen a lot of coverages and he's ready to play. Because I guarantee Jacob Parrish. I mean, that dude holds down one side of the field. He had some great moments. He also had some bad moments. You bring back both Kobe Savage and uh, VJ Payne in the secondary. You're going to need a cornerback to fill up the departure of Will Lee. Maybe you trust Kobe McAllister there. I would argue that you bring in a veteran guy in the portal and then you put Kobe McAllister in the slot or just rotate him in when the time allows for it. You're going to lose some pieces, but Will Lee was probably the biggest piece. I mean, Will Howard, obviously, you can make the case for since he did affect the team drastically, but you are equipped to weather the storm with Avery Johnson. I mean, Avery is that type of a player. It's going to be interesting to see who else hits the portal. I'm sure there's going to be one that just absolutely feels like a kick in the stomach. Will Lee was close to that, but I think Will Lee also kind of knew he was ready to move on. Uh, Treshawn Ward stinks. Shane Porter stinks. Not, not, not like stinks in terms of like them on the field. I just mean the loss of that stinks. Um, but I don't know that I've lost somebody yet that has really been like, oh, this is a tough one to get past. Will Lee's the closest, I would say, in that sense, because you got DJ at the running back position, you got Avery Johnson at the quarterback position, and we're going to get a healthy dosing of both in the bowl game. Wherever we end up, I'm hoping for the Pop-Tarts Bowl, personally, because I want to see Chris Kleiman and Avery Johnson chomp down on a delicious Pop-Tart after the game, but nonetheless, I'm excited to see what happens. We can now move on to Kansas State basketball. I know I pump-faked you a little bit earlier in this episode. Let's talk some positivity in terms of basketball, K-State fresh off a win, 88-87 to over Oral Roberts, a game that actually needed five minutes extra to go to overtime. 45 minutes of action, Kansas State goes out there and does remember who they are in the overtime stretch. They kind of lost it down the stretch. In the last five minutes, the team did not execute. Let me read you kind of what happened down there through the back catalog of the game. You had some players make some big plays. You had some guys put up some big numbers. Cam Carter obviously jumping out to an early 12 points to start the game off. I mean, he was going in a, in a shootout battle on the court. So you have 20 points, excuse me, 19 points from Cam Carter, 10 rebounds and five assists, three steals in the game. I thought he was five steals, but I could be wrong on that one. First double, double of Cam Carter's career. Coach Tang talked about it. You know, it's not a, an increased focus on him to be a rebounder, but when he's playing the three guard, we're going to need him to be offensive and defensive rebounding. Cam Carter soared for some rebounds. He played great basketball. Arthur Kluma, who came off the bench. And I want to say this, Arthur Kaluma is a good enough player that he doesn't have to come off the bench. However, I begin to think about this. As Naquan Tomlin gets ready for a return, will that be tomorrow? Will that be three months? I do not know. Will it be by March? I don't know. As Naquan Tomlin gets ready to get back to the court, maybe this was a coaching decision to see what it would look like if Art came off the bench. Arthur Arthur Kaluma does not need to be the guy that comes off the bench. However, he did provide a nice spark. I mean, he goes 20 points, 8 rebounds, and an assist in the contest with some really nice presence on the low block, as well as down the stretch, had some clutch plays in tandem with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, who didn't score in the first half, then saw 20 points in the second half, three rebounds, six assists, and one steal. 
on that excellent play where he just timed the pass perfectly after converting a tough bucket. Tyler Perry, obviously people are going to want to point and be like, wow, this guy's got to get it figured out in the first game. It just didn't work out that way. It didn't work in the first half for Tyler Perry, but I'm not too worried. I mean, they talk post-game, he's been dealing with lung issues and he's been coughing a ton, did breathing treatments all week, so that'll be something to follow. The combination of RJ Jones, Michaela Rich, didn't see the court a ton. I mean, there's probably 15 minutes between the two players. Terrell Colbert saw the court for six minutes. But Dana Ames, being the freshman, went out there and had 11 points, one assist, one steal. And I think he's really becoming a big part of this Kansas State offense as he develops. But I'm interested to see this, guys. I will pose this question to you because I thought it was interesting. What does the starting five look like with Naquan Tomlin on the court? Really, what, what does it look like? Does Tyler Perry take over at the point guard? Is he the one guard? Do you risk leaving Dayday Ames off the court? What do you do? The original thought I had here was leaving Dayday on the court. You go Dayday at the one, Tyler Perry at the two, Cam Carter at the three. Then you go some combination of Arthur Kaluma at the four. If you want to stretch Naquan Tomlin at the five, I know it's a five out, so nobody's really a five in this team, but that would be the thought I had immediately. However, as Tyler Perry continues to develop, he is looking at the game in a different light. He's going to see the game from a passing perspective, from a finishing perspective, a scoring perspective. He's got a lot of different things to worry about. However, I assume Tyler Perry is going to get that job done. When TP hits the court as the elite point guard that he's capable of being, and granted, he had 20, 20 and 6. I'm not saying he's not elite right now. I'm just saying that he's going to see the game differently over the next couple of months. When Tyler Perry is in that mode and he's back to the 1, I think you take Tyler Perry at the point guard, Cam Carter at the 2, Arthur Kaluma at the 3, then you go... Naquan Talman at the four and Will McNair at the five. And let me say this, Kansas State's size is going to be a problem. The athleticism is going to be a problem for other teams. Is Tyler Perry the most athletic? No, but he's a hell of a shooter. He's a hell of a player and he commands the game. I mean, he's a winner at every stop. The next four guys on the court are physical specimens. Seriously, Cam Carter might be the most athletic player in the country this season. Obviously, Buddy Rich exists, so I'll talk about him in a second, but Cam Carter as a two-way player He's a guy that's going to score 15, 16, 17 a night and then shut down your best player consistently. Doesn't matter if it's Kansas, doesn't matter if it's Kentucky, doesn't matter if it's Duke. Cam Carter's going to get after it. Once he realizes how much of an impact he can have defensively, he's going to be legit. He already is legit, but Cam is an athlete, unbelievable. Three, you have Arthur Kaluma there. Kaluma is a stud, man. He's a physical nightmare, especially at the three at the three position. I mean, Art feels like another Keontae Johnson type guy, but he's bigger, might even be stronger than Keontae. I know that that sounds kind of silly at first, but Arthur Kaluma has that ability. Don't even get me started on Naquan Tomlin. I mean, this is a top 10, top 20 NBA draft pick. I mean, this is a lottery pick in the NBA draft. If you get him back healthy, because you're going to have to deal with the ankle injury, you're going to have to get him back on the court, pass some of the suspension talks, pass some of those things. Once he gets back to his form, and I want to tell you this, guys. This dude can be unbelievable. He can be the best player in college basketball. If we're seeing as much development from Naquan Tomlin that we're seeing from Cam Carter, it would be foolish to imagine Naquan Tomlin averaging less than, what, 20 and 10? I know that's ridiculous because it's not easy to do, but seriously, think about that. Cam Carter goes from a six-point-per-game guy to a guy that's averaging 18 to 20 points a game. He is really impressed. He's become a better athlete. He's been in the gym. He's been working out. He's been working his shot. He's been working on the low block. He's done a lot of great things where he can affect the game in five different ways. He can defend one through five if you need him. The reason I say all that is to think about Naquan Tomlin. If Tomlin is able to hit the court, which is the caveat right now, we don't know much about Naquan Tomlin's situation. Once he's back on the court and he's healthy, you are going to see a legit NBA dude. A dude that looks dominant physically, athletically, speed-wise, transition. I think this team is going to need some Naquan Tomlin, but let me move on to the last guy. 
the five spot, Will McNair. Kansas State has not had a senior like Will McNair in a long time. I mean, this is a dude on the low block. Like, you can talk about physical presences. I think you can talk about a DJ Johnson. You can think about people like that. Thomas Gibson's a good example. What Will McNair has over everybody is an advanced ability with footwork and the low block. Coach Tang has still been critical of him. He's been very critical of Will McNair, saying, you know what, he's not where he is right where he needs to be right now, but he had a good day. He's learning. He's doing the right thing. He's competing. He's defending the ball screens. Will McNair, because of the size that he has on the low block, because of the size he commands on the court, he can be the best rebounder in the country. I mean, for real. A guy like Hunter Dickinson could still have problems with Will McNair. That's how physically imposing Will McNair is. He had 11-4 and four against Oral Roberts. That's going to keep improving throughout the season. But then you look at the guys coming off the bench. Michaela Rich, a dude built like Hercules mixed with Zion Williamson. That dude is actually the most legit athlete in the country. So I don't want to just move past that. But think about this. Data Ames off the bench. Guy who's played big minutes. He feels like a Coach Tang guy. A guy that's going to put the work in kind of like a Marquise Noel dude and develop to the point where his leadership's on one. You know, his shooting's up there, his passing's up there, his defense is up there. It feels like he's a confident guy, which you need. You need a competitive, confident leader. Data Ames feels like a guy that's going to blossom into that. Then you get an R.J. Jones, one of the best guy that could be one of the best shooters in the country. I believe that. You look at the big man, because you got Drell Colbert, you got David Gasson. I mean, David Gasson is averaging just under a double-double this season. You know, he had 8-5 and five last night, and when I say 8-5, and five, you would think points and rebounds. He had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 point. No, he didn't get, get it going in the scoring, but you didn't really need him to. I mean, he would have liked it to, but Will McNair is kind of your score on that low block right now. Jarrell Colbert even got in there and played some good minutes. I want to see how they consider this lineup to look with Naquan Tomlin. I've put out thoughts about it, talking about Naquan Tomlin. Will we see Quan before December? No, I mean, this team doesn't play another game before December's over. They play on Saturday, which I believe is the second. It could be, it could be Friday as well. I forget off the top of my head, but... My guess is that we're seeing Naquan Talman be ready to go. We need to see him practice. We need to hear that he's practicing. We don't need to just wait and see. Because I think the weekly update from Coach Tang is getting a little bit like, that's the repetitive answer you're going to get. Until we see a Naquan Talman change, you're going to get, nothing's changed. He's just back. He's practicing his knees. Or excuse me, his uh, ankle. We need to see Naquan Talman get back on the court soon. Because that dude has an ability that I think everybody in the country desires. His unique play style is going to get him far. When this team gets Naquan Talman back in a rhythm, this is a legit college basketball team. A team that could win a national title and compete for a championship this season. Is it crazy to say, sure, it looks a little crazy right now. Is it stupid to say, no, no. You have the best coaching staff in America in the mind of Big 12 fans, in the mind of K-State fans. You have one of the best rosters in America if you get everybody healthy and back. I didn't even mention Quez Glover yet. You're going to see some things change in this in this team. I don't know what it's going to look like when Quan does come back, when Art's either coming off the bench or he's playing as a starter. But what I do know is that K-State's athleticism is looking to give everybody problems. And I'm excited to see where we go from here. Do I have a major call to action or something to talk about in this video to close things out? Not really, guys. I would just say this. Please be patient. Please be ready to watch K-State basketball because it's going to be here sooner than you know it. I know we're already in you know the non-conference schedule, but Big 12 play is coming. And these dudes are going to keep getting tested. I mean, it's almost December already. I'm excited to keep that rolling and talk to you guys here soon. But I do want to get out of here for this episode, and I will talk to you here next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to me talk about both the transfer portal for football as well as the basketball side of things for K-State. I'm excited to keep that conversation going forward. But for today, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will talk to you in the next one. Go Cats!